This is the Horse Talk Show Podcast with Louisa Barton. Co-hosting with me today, I have Sweet Larkins, my PhD. Good morning, as usual. And we have a As the Barrel Turns segment with Regina Harris this morning, brought to you by the Turning Point Kinesiology and Oxygen Therapy Treatment. And um, thank you very much, Squeak, setting up the interview with us. And she is going to host this segment as we talk a little uh, to Regina who is a barrel racer and also the ag instructor here in Ocala at Westport at the, High School. Yeah, she's the... She's the awesome. ad. Before we get into that, just real briefly, I know last week I mentioned that we wanted prayers out for June Holman, who is the oldest uh, person to have performed in the barrel race at the NFR just a few years ago, and she won the average there, which is quite a feat in itself. Um, she, she's, I think, close to 80, and she had just run barrels uh, about 10 days ago had an aneurysm unfortunately as of yesterday she did pass away so oh. we'd like to send prayers out to the family yes. and, and um I, I know she's riding you know anyway <laughs> on good note we got regina who i'm known for quite a long time because she's like a niece to me but <laughs> she's she's so um so instrumental and in being such a good example example for the young people nowadays because she grew up in Oklahoma a lot of her life and she barrel raced all her life and she came down here became good good friends with some of my other family nieces and stuff so she became part of our family as well but the accomplishments that she's done in college and now she is the you know ag teacher at Westport High which is where she graduated from which is cool. which is really cool that so is I, cool. I'm going to have her tell us how and when she got started and kind of her way up the ladder but she she has really done well she's got a nice little mare now that she takes and and we love to see her always at the barrel races so tell us about how you got started in the beginning and how young you were because most of us have been very young when we started yeah so um i grew up in oklahoma and my dad was a team roper and a farrier and he actually worked at um, a racetrack in tulsa and um my between him and my stepmom, my sister, they mounted me and taught me to ride. <laughs> um, my mom always loved horses, but she didn't rodeo. And uh, I just kind of grew up with going to the summers with my sister and kind of just went from there. And then when I was about nine, they bought me a gray horse out of the cow pasture. She wouldn't pull <laughs> cows out of the mud anymore. And uh, dad said, well, this is what you got. So um, I started junior rodeoing off of her and just kind of went from there and when I started high school we uh my mom and I moved around a little bit and we ended up in Florida and uh, I graduated from Westport in 2006 and then shortly after I kind of right. met up with you and, right. and Poppy and very blessed to ride with Squeak and ride a lot of young horses and some horses that we weren't quite sure about sometimes. But, um, and so tell us how, you know, having been through that route of, of growing up and then and applying that to how it's helped you with working with these young people that you work with in the ag field in the, you know, school. Um, so I'm very blessed that I had the equine knowledge. Um, it I've always wanted to be a teacher, didn't quite know what I wanted to teach, um, but Riding horses teach a, teaches you a lot of patience and I was going to say, hats off to <laughs> yeah. you. You even said, I always wanted to be a teacher. teacher. I always say to myself, anybody who says that is <laughs> brave yeah. and patient. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and she is. I, I would say that what horses... What age group? Um, 
what age group did I want yeah, to teach? Yeah, yeah, uh, I teach ninth through twelfth grade. Oh, you are yeah, in high school. <laughs> You're yeah, high school teacher. Yeah, I taught middle school for my first five years at North Moon Middle, and that gave me my first couple gray hairs. High school, I think, is a little bit easier. But, yeah, but yeah. I've always like, said that too. I they like do say middle school's school. tough. I, I've always liked teaching the high school kids. So, so how uh, uh, relate that to uh, in your experience coming through your barrel racing and and how you've applied you know some of that to your teaching and how you handle these kids. Um, <laughs> really, I mean, having horses is just such a um, you got to have people skills. Um, you know, be able to organize your life. Like I know as an adult, being able to organize my teaching job with my horses and having time for everything is important. So the number one thing I always tell my kids is have a planner and write down your goals and things like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I always tell my kids that they're like, I don't need a planner, but I tell them you absolutely do. (laughs) You need a planner and you need to write down your goals. And um, that's something when I was a kid rodeo and I've always wrote down my goals at the beginning of the season you know kind of what to shoot for and i feel like that's something that's followed me all throughout yeah and i noticed that you have your ffa shirt on your emblems um i and you are very um active in helping these kids through the ffa stuff and i i see that a lot uh where you are always there for them so what what does the ffa you know do in helping you with again back to helping these kids plus like i said relating it back to all this that you did growing up with the horses and all so when i was in high school i joined ffa and ffa is really not something by itself you have to be enrolled in an agriculture class to be eligible to be an ffa member and within the ffa organization there are um there are contests for record keeping basically they're called proficiency awards there's that planner yeah (laughs) so um, when i was in high school i my freshman year i applied for some different awards based on my um, equine projects which was barrel racing and rodeoing and i won a couple of those my freshman year and then we moved around some so i wasn't able to apply for Mm -hmm. other ones when i was at different schools but um so what my kids do is they have their different um sae's which are supervised agriculture experiences and so that could be a horse project they might be a barrel racer which i've got a couple of those um but for the majority at least in Marion County, a lot of those projects are going to be um, market animals. So we show our animals at the Southeastern Youth Fair in February. Um, our kids will buy pigs in uh, October-ish, and uh, we bought our steers this past summer, and our kids have to work with them from the from the ground right. up. We were halter breaking one steer still right. now. He's a little rough. <laughs> um, but our kids have to keep records on all of that and then go on to sell them. Um, but... I, my goal as an ag teacher is I want my kids to be a well-rounded individual so that when they leave high school, they can go on to go to college, but have a career and give back to the community. Like, like you're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully in agriculture. Isn't um, where you're at at Westport High School, uh, isn't that one of the few around that has a little bit of a horse program with it? Because you don't see that often. A lot of times you'll see, you know, the sheep and the mm-hmm. hogs and the cattle but you don't usually see but you have horses there yeah so we're really blessed we're one of um, three schools in Marion County that have an equine program and uh, my father-in-law Robbie Harris about 
two years ago donated a mare to my school. I was currently at Vanguard, and she came well, with yeah, me. Yeah, which for everybody out there, Robbie is uh, big in the thoroughbred horse yeah, industry that's here. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Isn't he out um, on three twenty-six? Mm -hmm. Yes, uh -huh. that, that's her father-in-law. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he donated a mare, and he had a Sharon with distinction. Oh, so yes. um, my kids and I were able to completely do the process together. So we took the mare to the breeding shed. They right. learned about that process. The when the vet came out and was mm -hmm. culturing her, you know, making sure she was clean. So they did that whole process when I was at Vanguard. Right. And then we fold the mare out on campus. And, and so we have uh, a Westport. Um, and so we have an adorable little cool. uh, colt yeah. on mm -hmm. campus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I've seen pictures of it. Okay, so now let's get back to you and the barrel racing since we're on the, as the barrel turns here. <laughs> no, um, I wanted all of that. But so where have... Since you've been out of high school and out of college and able to, you know, get back into running barrels, so what is what do you feel like that it does for you to help you just by having your barrel horse and getting to go to the shows that we go to and all? Uh, well, it's a hobby for me. Um, my husband and I have very different hobbies. He plays golf and I go to barrel races. <laughs> oh, barrel um, races so much better. Yeah. He says I lose more money in a, you know, a... 17 second time period than he does golfing but it's okay uh, but, I yeah, just, but that's boring right? <laughs> um, I just enjoy it um, it's it gives me time to kind of back away from the school scene because that right. takes up a lot of our time because right. we we coach teams and that kind of thing to compete in contests um, but I just enjoy it because I get to spend time with people like you and uh, my friends um, but I think the really cool thing about barrel racing is the camaraderie I, I do too you develop I, so many cool relationships you know that's the especially after you've done it as long as I have and now you're doing it more like a hobby I mean mm. and everything is the the it's it's just a lot of fun to go spend the time there with the people that are you know like what what we do you know for for the fun of it however we're always trying to get a little better you know oh, yeah and everything but and i and i know i watched you with this little mare that you have come along with very very well i'm i'm very proud of how you've done with her but uh yeah so when you were did you how did you get to high school rodeo when you were in oklahoma or no it no was, um when I was younger, um, there's you you didn't have to high school rodeo in Florida. It's really your only option um, unless you just want to hit jackpots. Right. But in Florida, they have junior rodeo associations that go from the little tiny kids till mm -hmm. you're 18. Yeah. So um, you had the option to do both. And for us, um, it was just me and my mom. And so the junior rodeo associations were just a little bit more affordable for us, and we didn't have to travel quite as far because uh -huh. Oklahoma's pretty big. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> So we grew, I just grew up doing that. My sister yeah. did it. Well, um, you know, Oklahoma is such a rodeo state. Absolutely. You know, Texas and Oklahoma are huge, you know, on that. Yeah, it was funny because when I moved to Florida, we're driving like two hours just to go to a jackpot. When yeah, and then in Oklahoma, you can go 30 minutes. Just yeah, 30 yeah. minutes any day of the week, you <laughs> yeah, can hit a jackpot, jackpot open rodeo. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that's what Texas is too, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but that's what I was, you know, really wanting to get you to, you know, be able to, you know, pass on to people about the, what barrel racing brings into your life as even when you're not doing it professionally, you know. And, and I mean, even when you are still, uh, some of the fun is just to get to go finally, you know, get to go be around some of the other mm -hmm. people and oh, stuff. Oh, absolutely. You know? But um, yeah, you know, I just kind of wanted to, 
you to be able to share with us about your ag teacher experience, uh, you know, combined with mm-hmm. your barrel racing, which I think you've done quite well. The thing that's kind of cool about teaching and then and barrel racing too is that I've um, been able to help some kids go get lessons from someone else, um, somebody who, you know, kids who showed interest in barrel mm-hmm. racing. Um, and then now I'm kind of starting to branch out and, and take you, on some, some of your, young yeah. students. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have a cute little girl. She's written English all of her life, and now she's one. And, they, and they're, so. per, they're perfect for <laughs> starting on barrels. Yeah. They're perfect for starting on barrels. Any Anybody that's had a background in forward seat, hunt seat riding is yeah. usually mm-hmm. much easier to school. Yes, she has that. a wonderful yeah. seat. Well, they're yeah, usually pretty good. disciplined if they're yeah. taking writing yeah. lessons, English writing lessons. Right. They're usually yeah, it's always, it's yeah. always, when I hear that, I'm always pretty happy about that when you're working with somebody. But mm-hmm. yeah, and that, you know, and that's the thing. We always need somebody and not that you can't advance up because you can, but you're busy with your other life. But it's like I tell people all the time, you know, when I do clinics or teaching, I teach on a very advanced level. It's not meant for somebody just starting. And Mm -hmm. because you can get that somewhere a little easier, you Mm -hmm. know, so I said, but it's great. But she has a a tremendous knowledge on what needs to be done. And, you know, if she ever has any issue, we work it out, you know. Call so. up and say, hey, <laughs> got this going on. Yeah. Can, what issue, can, can you help me? Yeah. <laughs> but, the, yeah, the barrel racing, you know, industry has changed so much since 1990 when they started the MBHA, which is the Na- National Barrel Horse Association. It really changed the whole barrel racing scene because now it's made it where any and everybody can get a barrel horse and go to a show and have some fun and have a chance to actually get some money. So it opened up the barrel horse industry so much. Tell us about the money squeak. Um, What is the difference between a jackpot and not a jackpot and how much money can you win? Mm, well, local and does it vary? Like yes, it varies. Okay. It, it does. It varies according to who's actually putting it on, uh, versus you know, when you have professional rodeo versus amateur rodeo, you're going to have more money in a professional rodeo. Um, and the jackpots that are local, that the shows that we're talking about going to what, and some are MBHA and some are just sponsored by somebody else. Um, the money in it, it's a 4D concept, which is. You know, 1D being the fastest. Whoever runs the fastest time that day wins the 1D. And then from there, the 2D is paid a half a second off of that. Mm -hmm. And then the 3D is paid a full second off of that. Mm -hmm. And the 4D is paid two seconds off of that. So, and now the money, there is a bigger percentage of the money goes to the 1D, which is in all seriousness, because there have been people that think that they should pay the same on all four D's. Well, if that's the point, then why would you want to have a one D horse? Why spend the money? Because a one D horse is going to cost you a lot more, a lot money. more money. Yeah. So you do have to, you have to reward these people or horses that are better, a little better, you know, mm-hmm. but it also gives the person that's on the only horse they can have, or if this is as far as they really want to go, the 40 the gives them a chance to go still have they some fun. And, and yes. And have some fun. And, 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 yeah. and everybody runs at the same time. Like it's one big class Mm -hmm. we all run like like last saturday what we have uh at moss bluff we had 130 or something Mm -hmm. like that um 130 of us all ran at one time 
and you know i mean every they drag after right. every five runners right. and stuff like that but it paid a you know a 40 concept on it and um but the the money can just it, it just varies according to who's putting it on like that particular one i think was a thousand dollars added which back when i was first barrel racing professionally and everything if you had a jackpot that brought in 30 people that was amazing and that could have been a 200 well, added. it could have been a 200 added but we've always in barrel racing there's always been money to win and i think that's part of the draw to it, it like we really hard, never go to a barrel race for a ribbon i mean right. i'm not making no. light of it i'm no. just saying that barrel racing has always had money attached to yes. it and then, of course, in we the like big, money. Yeah, in the big futurities, there's huge, huge money. We and, like huge money. Yeah, even more and, than we like money. And some of the, and some of the big rodeo. I mean, if you remember, at the end of the year at the NFR, the highest money winner at the NFR by the time the year was over and her NFR winnings was two hundred fifty thousand, something like I that. I like it. Which that's not a bad year. No, it's not. Hey, um, we're at the end of this segment yeah. and we ran over a little bit, but it's okay. Um, I want to thank Regina yeah, so thank much. You thank you for coming. Yeah. Come back anytime you'd like. We'd love to talk to you some more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good job teaching those yeah. high schoolers. <laughs> yeah, we thank love that. Yeah, kudos so to you needed. for that. Yes. Yeah. And thank you, Squeak, and also yeah. the Turning Point kinesiology and oxygen treatment yeah. uh, for bringing this segment to us. Hi guys, this is Louisa Barton. I really hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Horse Talk Show podcast. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube and let me know what you thought. Now please go out there and share the podcast. 